0: Alhamdulillah <laughs> wa kaffa. Wa salamu <laughs> ala wa l Wa rahman الصالحات Allahumma salli 'ala wa Allahumma Muhammad. Allahumma Muhammad. wa gave every single human being two special things, two vessels. The first is called our mind, and the second is called our heart. That is the distinguishing feature of a human being from all of creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us two things, a mind and a heart, an akum and a qalb. The reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us our mind was so that we would fill our mind with the ilm of wahi, with the ilm of Qur'an, with the ilm of sunnah. And the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a heart, was that we would fill our heart with the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُوا That those who believe are extremely intense, intensely extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that human being, ...whose mind is not full of ilm, and whose heart is not full of ishq or love, means they're not really a human being. This is the Islamic concept of humanity. (laughs) Human being, according to Islam, is that person whose mind is full of the knowledge of Allah (coughs) subhanahu wa ta'ala... ...and the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, and whose heart is full of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... To be anything else is to be less than human. That's why Allah SWT said in Quran, أُولَٰئِكَ an Balhum بَلْهُمْ that These people, they are such people that they are like animals. But they are even worse, lower, more abased than animals. And who are those people? The people of Ghafla. The people who are empty. The people whose mind is empty of the knowledge of Allah SWT. And whose heart is empty of the love of Allah. SWT. That's what Allah SWT said in Quran. Had yastu wildnamun awldina da yatnamoon. Can those people whose minds have the knowledge of Deen, can they and those people who don't have the knowledge of Deen, can these two ever be equal? No, no. Far from it. Far from it. So Shaitan, you will see. You need to have both of these things. If you have just the ilm and you don't have the love, that will be a problem. And if you have just the love and you don't have the ilm, that will also be a problem. There are some people who they had the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but because they weren't able to temper and shape that love with the ilm of deen, they fell into what we call bid'at and innovation. You couldn't put the love in its proper place. They couldn't channel the love in the right direction because they didn't have the knowledge about how to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the name of that being that although we have to love him, you cannot love him on your terms. You must love him on his terms. And In order to love him on his terms, you have to have the ilm of to love Allah as he wishes to be loved. To know Allah as He wishes to be known, to fear Allah as He wishes to be feared, that is what the Deen demands of us. So if you have love but you don't have knowledge, that will be a problem. Then there's another type of person. They have the Ilm of Deen, Ilm of Qur'an, Ilm of Hadith. But they don't have the love for Allah. If they have knowledge without love. The greatest example of this, maybe not specifically Quran and Hadith, but the greatest example of having knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Iblis, (coughs) Shaitan. Always remember that Iblis is not an atheist, he's not an agnostic, he saw Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Yaqeen, he saw Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Fasjudu, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala went into the ears of Iblis. Can you imagine how evil that being must be? That he sees Allah, he hears Allah, and then he still disobeys Allah? Allahu If in any one of our ears, Fasjudu came in the morning, oh, you would wake up for Fajr. <laughs> it would be impossible for you not to wake up for Fajr. Hmm? Then he talks back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's in Qur'an. He talks back to Allah subhanahu So actually shaitan had iman. In that sense, he believes in the existence of Allah subhanahu Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He had ilm. He knew Allah would let him off. That's why he asked, give me a reprieve. Give me a mohla. Give me a respite until the end of time. Shaykh if I say something about Urdu, it's for my own enjoyment, I will always translate in English. So don't worry. <laughs> anything I say in Urdu, just understand whatever English I say after that Urdu is the translation of the Urdu. So you won't miss anything if you don't know Urdu. <laughs> wow. hmm? Yes? Shaykh Ashraf al Tanwi, one of the greatest ulama of South Asia. He said about Iblis that he knew he was a scholar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knew the intimate attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was an abid, he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for thousands and thousands, some say even millions of years, Allahu Allah. But he wasn't an ashik, he wasn't a lover, because the Arabs say, Al muhibbu Liman ahabba Mutiun that the lover is ultimately obedient to their beloved. And Iblis wasn't able to obey their beloved. His Allah SWT means Allah SWT was not his beloved. So this is the ultimate example of having knowledge but not having love. What does it mean? Those people who have knowledge but they don't have love, they fall into ujub. They fall into vanity, conceit. They fall into kibber, They fall into pride. They fall into the gumbar, They fall into arrogance. They view themselves as better than others. What did Allah ta'ala say about the real ulama in Qur'an? Innama Yaksha Allah min ibadahil ulama. Min ibad. First of all, that these ulama must be from the ibad. They are people who have ibadah, who worship Allah subhanahu ta'ala. They're the people who pray regularly, they must break the Hajj, they make du'a, they recite Qur'an, they make istighfar, they recite salawat, they make zikr, they are from the ibad. That's the first attribute. Ibad means Ibadah and Ibad means Ubudiyah They're servants and slaves They view themselves as slaves They have a slave mentality And number two From amongst that group There are people who have ill. And what is their feature? What is their hallmark? Yahshah They have Khashiyah They are humbled by fear Khashiya means that fear that is born out of humility And that humility that is born out of fear That is the real character of ilm. When does that come? That comes when a person has both ilm and ishq. When a person has both knowledge and love for Allah SWT. If you look at olden times, and you look at today, you will find three differences. Three major differences between the early society of believers and between the modern contemporary 21st century Muslims of today. And they love to call themselves men. They're so happy, they're 21st century, huh? As opposed to 20th century, they love it. And modern, contemporary, 21st century progressive, Allah Akbar. So let's compare these two groups. Hmm? Classical believer to 21st century believer. That is the modern Allah Ta'ala ki marifat par koshish karte the. Aaj ki loog makhlub ki marifat ki peechaparani. In early times, people wanted to intimately know Allah And today, people want to intimately know this creation. What does it mean? You'll find today, all research, (laughs) inquiry, investigation, analysis, it's all about creation. Somebody is researching physics, somebody is researching poetry, somebody is researching history, right? All of human intellectual effort, all of the minds. What are all of the minds focused on? Creation. They want to know the intricacies of human anatomy, the intricacies of the black hole, the intricacies of the galaxy. Now I'm not negating that, but that was meant to be a necessity. That was meant to be functional utility. That was not meant to be the passion of humanity. The passion of humanity was to be, to intimately know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to know the difference between al-Rahman and al Rahim. To know the difference between Al-Afuw and at tawab To go deep into the understanding of Allah taala, <laughs> To go deep into the understanding of Quran and Tafsir, To go deep into the understanding of the pearls of wisdom in the Seerah and the Sunnah. Who in the Muslims are doing that today? Hmm? There are people who have masters in business, and masters in medicine, and masters in accounting. Who can say I have a masters in Seerah, a masters in Sunnah, a masters in Taqwa. A master is in Asma'ul Husna Hmm? (coughs) Not interested That's a perfect example Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an Lillahil ul Husna Fadu'uhu biha To Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Belong the infinitely beautiful names Make dua to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Using those names Nobody does it Not interested (laughs) They say in English right Actions speak louder than words (laughs) Nobody's going to say with their tongue Allah Ta'ala not interested in you but our actions are saying that. We don't know the Asma'al Husna, we don't even know the words. Let alone do we know the meanings of the words. Let alone do we know the feelings that we're supposed to feel due to the meanings of those words. And therefore we never make do. No using those words. <speaking in Hebrew> hmm? The early believers, they knew how to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to attract the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Muslim of today, doesn't he? He may know the name of 10 different computer languages. He may know the name of 50 different cities in the world. He may know the name of 20 different soccer, or what do you call it, football. Football players, hmm? He knows their numbers, huh? He memorizes their numbers. Love <coughs> he knows the numbers of the players of a game <coughs> which kick a ball around grass and he doesn't know the names of Allah subhanahu wa It's a big difference, right? And then people ask, oh, I don't know why my du'as aren't accepted. So Did you do Amal um, on this ayah? <coughs> Did you learn how to make du'a to Allah SWT according to Quran, according to the way he told you to make du'a to him? We don't have the knowledge of it. We don't have the feelings. Don't have the knowledge of Allah, then you won't have feelings for Allah <coughs> It's one major difference. Why did Allah subhanahu pair different names in Quran? Al-Aziz al-Hakim, why does this come together? Alim al-Halima, why do these two things come together? People aren't interested today. They want to talk about that. They want to talk about different groups and parties and politics and analysis. This is the difference. The early Muslims, their interest was in Allah subhanahu and deen. That was their passion. That was their emotion. That was their yearning. And today, people are interested in the world. And what did Allah subhanahu say about the world? and know that every single thing in this world and all that it contains is قَلِيلٌ. It's just a trifle. It's insignificant. It's worthless in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How foolish would it be to view with great worth that which Allah subhanahu has viewed as worthless? So the first difference is that the early believers were interested in the modifit of Malafit means deep understanding of Allah subhanahu And today we are interested in the malafit of the physical world and society. Second difference is the Quran is a manik of Qam. Our The early believers All of their efforts Were for their Akhirah And as a minimum requirement They would have some effort for the dunya Today believers All of their efforts are for the dunya And a bare minimum requirement just a few prayers in the masjid They do for their deen Complete opposite Complete opposite They used to have a minimalist attitude Towards dunya and we have a minimalist attitude our thing. And then some of the more advanced and sophisticated Muslims, they love that version and branch of Islam that tells them they have to do the least. The least. Give me the smallest Hajj package. Hmm? Give me the easiest legal ruling. Hmm? Give me the most minimal way out. When it comes to the dunya, they don't look for the least. Dunya me or In dunia they want the highest standard I want the best degree I want the best job I want the best house I want the best car I want the best wife I want the best education for my children I'm not saying anything that is necessarily wrong But then why don't we want I want the best taqwa I want the best haya I want the best sunnah I want the best adab I want the best akhlaq. I want the best concentration and salah I want the best feeling possible in my sajadah. Why do we think like that also? Hmm? Early Muslims, that's what they used to think. (laughs) And they said, if we have to do that at the cost of having the best life in this world, no problem. (laughs) If we can have both nur and other nur, but if we have to make a choice, if we have to make a preference, if there's going to be a trade-off, never ever would we lose even a drop of the Akhirah for the entire world. We can lose the entire world for even one incremental gain in Akhirah. And the Muslim of today says, no, it's just nothing. Is it just sunnah? A man of the You know the sentence now? It's just sunnah. If you ask me, am i am not giving a fatwa? This is not a fatwa. So if you ask my personal feeling when I hear this, that it's just sunnah, I will say that's just kufr. Yes? You know why? Let me retranslate this sentence for you. When somebody says it's just sunnah, what does it mean they're saying he's just a nubby? Right? Let me say it to you in your slang English. He's just a nubby. Get off it, man. What's the matter with you? He's just a nubby. Could anybody talk like that? <laughs> What does it mean to say Ashadunna Rasulullah <laughs> sallallahu It means that that human being is my prophet. You know what a prophet is? <laughs> it's not just a prophet. <laughs> the prophet is the role model, the exemplar, the example. kana lakum <laughs> fi Rasulullahi, What do you mean? It's just sunnah. How can somebody say that? How could somebody say that? If you want to say that, go to Medina Manawana, go to Masjid Naburi. Don't say it to a woman, go say it to your Nabi, if you can dare to do so. Go to Medina Manawana, go to Masjid Naburi, stand at the Rauda, and tell your own Prophet sallallahu alayhi it's just Sunnah, that's why I don't do it. Anybody thinks like that? Hmm? <coughs> that's what people say to them, Their brother is just Sunnah, so don't call me brother, if that's what you want to say. How could you say such a thing? How could you think such a thing? Why? Because it's dunya. Do they ever say it's just dunya? It should have been. The sentence that people should have said, it's just dunya. It's just extra profit. It's just annual bonus. I can give all that up for extra deen. Right? But they don't think like that. They don't think like that. What does it mean? We want all of the extras in the dunya, and we want none of the extras in the deen. And the early Muslims, they wanted all of the extras in deen, and they weren't issued in any of the extras of the dunya. It's a big difference. It's a very big difference. Right? third difference is that the early Muslims, The early Muslims, The early Muslims, they used to give a rizal, sustenance, provision, nourishment. They used to nourish their ruh. What's the nourishment of the ruh? The ruh, Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, يسألونك عن الروh, that they will ask my beloved Messenger, صلى الله عليه about the ruh. To tell them that the ruh is from the amr, the command and the affair of my rub. What does it mean? Your body, our body, was created through a physical process, right? Conception, gestation, nine months, childbirth, childhood, that The ruh? No. Ruh was created by Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala Himself personally. Kun fiyakum. He just ordered the ruh to come into existence and it existed. So it means the ru was made up there. Body was made over here. So the nourishment of the body, because the body was created in this world, the nourishment of the body will come from this world. Many of you may have heard, right, that in our deen and Quran and hadith it says that human beings were made from earth, right? Many young men and women, they don't understand this, the university students say, what do you mean we're made? I don't look like I'm a mud, walking mud clay creature, right? What it means is that we were made from the periodic elements, the table of periodic elements in the earth. That's why you see your multivitamin it has iron, calcium, magnesium, Copper, right? These are things that are in the earth. That's what it means you made from the earth. From the elements that are found in the earth. And that's why you will be buried again in that same earth. So the sustenance of the body will come from the earth. And the sustenance and nourishment of the ruh, that is called ibadah. That is called a'malus salih. That is called acts of worship, virtuous deeds. So the earthly Muslims, they were more interested in nourishing their ruh. They wanted to do more and more and more ibadah, more and more U'mal-Salah. And the Muslims of today, they want 20 types of orange juice, hmm? 15 types of bread, 31 flavors of ice cream, hmm? so many dishes every day. And the early Muslims, mashallah, they're praying different types of prayer, sometimes praying Salat al-Tahajjul, sometimes praying Salat al sometimes praying Salat al-Tawbah, sometimes praying Tahir al masjid sometimes praying Tahir to the yes sometimes we explain it to the young Muslims that the early Muslims they used to pray doing me and you eat ice cream yes they enjoy their prayer like me and you enjoy ice cream what does that mean? every spoon of ice cream you will enjoy it you may be on your one thousandth spoon of chocolate ice cream in terms of your life And you will enjoy it as if it's your very first poem. That's how they used to pray their salah. Every single salah they enjoyed Like ice cream. I'll tell you one step further. (laughs) Allah SWT said in Surah الشام. Every single day, Allah SWT manifests himself in a new splendor, a new glory, a new majesty, a new beauty. Every single day when those mu'mineen used to pray, a new flavor of ice cream hmm? I go even further Every single sajda They got a new delight A new pleasure I go even further Every single subhanAllah They enjoyed separately Distinctly oh, you cannot force yourself to pray these prayers. These are prayers of passion. Those people had passion and love for Allah Taala. That's why they used to pray these prayers. They used to enjoy it. They were the living embodiment of the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, As-salatu wa Their prayer was like that. Big difference between the early Muslims and us. Then, when we were talking about him, this difference is for the men and the women also. Unfortunately, when the men experienced a decline, the women experienced a decline also. In the early days, the Muslim women, they had more time to spend on the musalla, in reading Quran, in Ibadah. There was no need for a maktab. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against the maktab. But there was no need for a maktab in that time because every mother, her home was a maktab. Her lap was a maktab. Why? Because they had so much time for ibadah. They were giving ghazah to the ruh. And now because the nature of the society, the nature of the lifestyle, the nature of the family is like that, so the women spend more time in the kitchen than they spend on the muslim. Why? Because that's the family giving more ghazah to their body. So the women don't have the time. So what do they have to do? They have to outsource teaching Quran. Outsource teaching basic huruf and nazirah and tajweed. They have to outsource that to the masjid. Alhamdulillah, the masajid are doing it. Don't... In other way, misunderstand what I'm saying. But the asal was that every home was that we didn't need a maktab. Yes, we have darlul, we would have madrasa, but every mother was a maktab. But now the women are so busy doing other things. Allah rahmat. <laughs> you know when Sayyidina Abdullah Taala Musrood, this is Muhammad al-Khalaf of Sayyidina Umar. Sayyidina Abdullah Musul Musrood, he fell sick. And he was quite ill, <laughs> that he was bedridden and he nobody saw him for a few days. So Sayyidina Umar, he went to visit him. Iyadat hmm? al he went to visit him. And then he asked him, The Rabbul bin you're sick. You're not, well. Is there something I can do for you. Can we give you some stipend from the Beytul mal? Sayyidina the bin Masood, he said, no. He said, That's okay, I don't need anything. And then he said, that, But you have these daughters, you have young daughters. And you're not able to work because you're ill. So what if we were to support them? And he said, Oh, Umar, <coughs> I don't, my daughters don't, I don't need anything? My daughters don't need anything. I, Abdullah bin Masood, I myself have taught my daughters how to recite Surah Waqi. Allahu hmm. Which father today teaches his daughter to read Quran? Hmm? Outsourced it. Outsourced it. Strangers. Hmm? You think you're busy? Sayyidina Abdullah bin Masood, oh mashallah, he was so busy. One well, of the great fuqahab, the sahaba. Hmm? But they had this time to teach their children Qur'an They are interested in giving their children Rizah of the Ru'ah Today's parents are only interested in giving their children Food and clothing and education and career Big difference, big difference Then I will show you the difference between two types of knowledge One is the knowledge of the Prophets hmm? And one is the knowledge of the thinkers, philosophers, ideologies of this world. First difference is that the knowledge of the philosophers and thinkers is based on their own akum. Their own ideas. I think this, I think that, my view is this, my view is that. And the knowledge of the prophets, Alhamdulillah, is not from their own akum. It's from wahi, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a revelation from Allah subhanahu ta'ala, is from the ilm of Allah subhanahu There can be no comparison between sunnah and secular studies. Even the greatest, highest level of attainment in secular studies comes from the aql insan And the knowledge of the Prophet, ilm al buwa ilm al-wahi, that comes from the knowledge of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. It's a big difference. It's a very big difference. Right? Second difference is that the knowledge of the philosophers and the thinkers, they're always changing it, revising it, reviewing it, modifying it, abridging it. Hmm? And the knowledge of the prophets, Alhamdulillah, doesn't need to be reformed. This is another myth. There's no such thing as reforming Islam. Reform means to reformulate. You only reformulate something when the original formula had a problem. Alhamdulillah, the original formula of Islam is designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has no problem. (laughs) Never need to be reformed. Pure, pristine, everlasting, eternal, timeless. That is the knowledge that the prophets brought to this world. Their difference. The knowledge of the philosophers and the thinkers is always about themselves. I did. I investigated. I researched. I hypothesized, I concluded, And hmm? In the knowledge of the Prophets, it's always about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, call Allah ta'ala, call Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala said, Allah ta'ala wants, Allah ta'ala has commanded, Allah ta'ala has prohibited, Allah ta'ala has wished, hmm? Whose kalam do you want to follow, hmm? The kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the man-made ideology of one or many thinkers? We have left the golden, golden, golden teachings of deen For the rudimentary philosophies of human beings Now you should know That just like Allah subhanahu Is perfect Just like Allah subhanahu Is perfect and flawless And Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu His was kamil and muqammal His mission of prophethood was perfect and completed and just like that, the deen of Islam, أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَلْتُ alaykum ni'mati The deen of Islam is also perfect and complete. Just like that, the sunnah is perfect and complete. Just like that, the sharia is perfect and complete. Every single thing in our deen is perfect and complete. And if you don't have the ilm of it, if you don't have the knowledge of it, then we will be left incomplete. But a tragedy that that most perfect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us that perfect Prophet with that perfect and complete Quran who left that perfect and complete Sunnah and sirah which gave the perfect and complete code of life Sharia but the Mu'minli remains imperfect and incomplete. Because hmm? they don't have the ill? They don't know? They don't know. Some young men and women, even basic ayat of Quran, they never knew it in their life. Maybe somebody today never knew before today that Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an make du'a to him using Isma'ul Usna. Maybe somebody today never knew before today that Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an dheena, Amanu that those who believe have extreme love for Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Basic things in Qur'an. Well, educated Muslims don't even know those basic things. It's amazing. It's amazing. They don't know the words of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Remaining incomplete and imperfect And then what happens You have an incomplete and imperfect family You have an incomplete and imperfect society You will have an incomplete and imperfect ummah Because it's just made up of incomplete and imperfect individuals This is our reality This is what we've allowed ourselves to come into Another day, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Said, nasum <laughs> Adin the human beings are like mines. You know, you extract the ore from the mine, like gold mine, copper mine. Hmm? So, human beings are like mines. What does it mean? Every single human has been given sifat attributes, a potential, a sithal, an ability, a capability. Every human being has it. And that insan who also has iman. Allah Akbar and the nur of Iman endows and enlightens all of his abilities and attributes. That's why Sayyidina Rasulullah said another deep fil Islam and khiyara kum fahidiyah ida faquhu if you get the faq. The best of you in Islam are going to be who were the best of you in Jahiliya if you get the understanding of Deen. So what does the Hadith mean? That understanding of deen will enable you to bring the best out in yourself. And what do we think? We think self-help, and we think motivational, and we think all of these 21st century things are going to bring the best out in us. No, no, no. Understanding and feeling the deen. If a person can do that, that is what's going to bring the absolute best in them. Because of also at this point you used to say, that because of this hadith he used to say, that never view any Muslim as lower than you. Why? Because every Muslim has this potential. Everyone is what we call in Arabic, is potentially better than you. Which doesn't mean you should think, that okay, outwardly maybe this person doesn't seem to be praying how worthy this person seems to be sinning. But if ever this person was to receive hidayah, if ever this person, rather I should say, was to respond to the hidayah that they have received, if they ever came to that realization, then they would value that hidayah even more than I do. They would do amal on even more than I do. They would be love Allah subhanahu more than I do. They would be loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than I do. And perhaps when they die and I die, they would die in a better state than I do. Even though outwardly today they may seem apparently outwardly to be less quote for <coughs> practicing anymore. how will you reach this potential? Now which is an amazing thing. Imam al Bani, Mujaddada al-Fitani, Shaykh Ahmad Sahindi Ta'ala he said, You know how much potential Allah ta'ala has put in insan and mukmir. When a person gets his insan and then adopts iman he said that every single mu'min has the potential to become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is the wali of those who believe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the wali of the believers. So he said that every single mu'min, you know that's your real potential. Whatever field you do, Some of you may be workers, some of you may have professions, some of you may be students, some of you may be in your business, some of you may be a doctor, whatever field you're in, I'm going to guarantee you in the masjid, although it's a bit of a rude thing to say, (laughs) I'm going to guarantee you not every one of you can achieve success in your field. Not every one of you has the potential to have absolute excellence in your field. Some will end up at some level of mediocrity. You just don't have the ability. However, According to deen of Islam, every single person who has imam, no matter how much they sin, no matter how distant they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter how little knowledge they have, in their heart, if they have even a spark of the noot of imam, then they have the potential to become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why would you want to be a mediocre doctor when you could be a world class wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? People don't realize just the real potential. People today, you know, and, and the West, when they come to the Muslim world, they cry over the lost potential of the youth. And it's true that we wish we could give more youth education in the Muslim world because yes, there would be many hidden Einsteins amongst them. There would be many hidden geniuses amongst them. <laughs> How many people have the potential To be a mufassir To be a muhaddith, To be a wali hmm? That's the real untapped potential of this Ummah, that's the real thing to cry over How many sons and daughters In the Muslim community in England Have lost that potential Because their parents put them in other directions That some of the parents don't think like that You think, oh, my son could have been a doctor if only I had done this and that. You should have thought, oh, my son could have been amongst the muktaqin, Siddiqeen, salikin if only I had done this and that. (laughs) That's the real potential, real potential. And every single moment has the potential to be the body of Allah ta'ala. But this potential, how to realize it, that's the real story for tonight. How do you realize that? So that potential, it's like a seed. And look in the world. You will have two different types of seeds. There's one seed that's living out there in the wild. Then there will be different pests. There will be insects. There will be diseases that attack it. And there's another type of seed. And that seed has a gardener. Yes, the seed has a caretaker. In fact, when the seed is planted underneath the ground, nobody even knows it's there. Other people will trample over that ground. But the gardener takes care of it. The gardener will transplant it into a pot. The gardener will make sure it gets its water. The gardener will put it out in the sun. Then when the seed sprouts into a seedling, a small plant, if it gets any weeds, the gardener will trim it away. If there's any rot in any leaf, the gardener will trim that leaf so the rot doesn't spread to the plant. The gardener will put a stick next to the plant so the plant can grow around that stick and grow stick. Just like that is our choice. We have the seed of the wilayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are we going to give it the water of Qur'an and sunnah? Are we going to give it the sunlight of amal-is-saleh and ibadat? Are we going to give it the fertilizer of sohbeti, of kunumah-sadikin, of company of the righteous? Are we going to do those things? <laughs> if you do those things, if you give it the environment that it needs, then this iman will blood, bud and blossom into wilayat. If you don't give it those things, then the seed will remain dormant, latent, untapped potential. How sad that Allah ta'ala gave the gift of wilaya. Yes, Allah ta'ala gave the gift of wilaya. Wilaya means intimate friendship to be the lover and beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. gave the gift of wilaya to every single moment. We don't choose to activate it. We don't choose to realise it. That you can be. You can be welly and doctor, no problem. You can be Wally and engineer. You can be welly and worker. You can be wali and shopkeeper. That's fine. But you're supposed to realize your inner life. You're supposed to realize your inner life. Sometimes we explain it to boys, young men, that what's your European car? Mercedes. Imagine if there's a world-class V12, huh? 600 horsepower Mercedes and grandma is driving it, and grandma is driving it, 20 kilometers an hour, hmm? 20 miles an hour. So what would you do? You would get upset, right? You would say, such a waste, forget it, grandma, give it to me. I will show you what you can do with this dream machine. Hmm? Oh, just like that, Allah Ta'ala gave you the wilayah in your qalb, like hmm? You have the potential of wilayah in your heart. <laughs> Why do you want to waste it? Huh? You have something, you know, the power, you have underestimated what iman is. The numeral of iman, the quwwat of iman, the haqiqat of iman. You have a golden engine in your qalb, in your spiritual heart. Why are you wasting it? Why don't you use it? Hmm? Why don't you learn how to master it? Why don't you harness its power and see what type of taqwa it can give you? Why don't you harness its power and see what type of haya it can give you? Why have you left it underutilized? And the boys and the young men have to become rajal. Rajalallahi la tuheehim Allah ta'ala says, "Rijal, نَيْسَمْ جِمْ مَرْدِ Urdu tarjumah. Rijal, mardi mu'min. Rijal means real, imani man. Hmm? Such that nothing in this world, even earning the world, acquiring the world, buying the world, selling the world, trading the world, being drowned in worldly activity, even that cannot distract them from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa Ta'ala for one second. Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, when are we going to be according to Quran? When are we going to have these feelings that are mentioned in Quran? When is our life going to be according to Quran? Why do we want to live non-Quranic lives? So we need ilm to do so. Without the ilm of deen, you will not be able to unlock the pearls and diamonds in your heart. You won't know how to do so. Just don't have to become an alim for this. I'm not to referring to the technical knowledge of deen the legal knowledge of deen, I'm referring to the spiritual knowledge of deen, the nasiha of deen, the basic teachings and advices and morals and spiritual teachings of deen. You should have it, you should study it, you should ask your ulama to teach it to you, you should ask your masajid to stock libraries on that for you. You have to be proactive yourself, you have to take the initiative yourself. Do you go to the doctors, the doctor come to you, you call for the appointment, You wait for the appointment. You go the day of the appointment and you wait hours for the doctor. You can't wait five minutes for the alam. You walk off in a huff. Hmm? You get angry. Hmm? For the doctor who is going to fix your little knee, you could wait weeks for an appointment and then go and sit for hours in his waiting room. For the alam who can fix your heart and your iman, you're not willing to wait at all. Alam. You have to take the initiative, it's your deen. On the day of judgment, it will be you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one on one. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, yes, it's Yom Alhashar. In one sense, we will be gathered all together. But in another place, Allah ta'ala mentions Quran, Furada. They will be called singly. They will go one on one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah. Are you ready for that? Does anybody feel that they're ready to go one on one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This lifetime was given to us to prepare for that meeting You know what you prepare if you have a big meeting with someone You prepare for the meeting beforehand This entire life is just to prepare for the meeting with Allah You know how foolish you feel if you walk unprepared into a meeting Hmm? You know how we would feel if we walk unprepared to the meeting with Allah You have to have the ilm you have to have the ilm. And then this ilm is so much Now I will show you that in our deen, the ilm ultimately comes from the heart. I started with the mind, but the ilm ultimately comes from the heart. I prove it to you from Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Qur'an al-Kareem, لَهُمُ قُلُوبٌ يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا That they have hearts. And they understand by their hearts <laughs> Not by their aql hmm. Even the word Allah Ta'ala uses Yaqidun To make it clear That the function of aql Is transferred to the qalb This is what happens When a person gets ilm If you get ilm dunya The function of the aql Is going to be remaining in your aql Based on whatever knowledge you have When you get ilm din The function of the aql Is transferred to the qalb to the heart the qalub that they have spiritual hearts, يَاْكِلُونَ They understand بِهَا through those hearts. Yes? That's what Allah Taala wants to bring us to. So you feel indecisive. You're obsessive-compulsive. You're always second-guessing yourself. You don't know what to do. You find yourself in a state of confusion. Hmm? That's because you kept it up here. And Allah, Allah wanted you to bring it over here. By getting ill with Yes? So the ilm goes here, the understanding comes here. What a beautiful way of life. <laughs> what a wonderful way to live. Hmm? Even in English they have this term. One they call it sight, and the other they call it insight. <laughs> it's a word in English. And we call it Arabic basara and basira. Basira, hmm? insight. Hmm? Inner sight. It's the, the transition of this sign. They have spiritual hearts, and they understand things on the basis of their spiritual hearts. So what does that mean? That so moves us to the second part. First, I said was element mind, and the second was heart and love for Allah. And The way to work on the heart that is called teshuva, that is called purification of the heart. We must purify our heart from all of the unlawful emotions. From all of the unlawful feelings. From all of the unlawful desires. Otherwise the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never enter into our heart. The nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love can never enter that heart which has the lamad has the darknesses of sin. And that means we have to do a second effort. That is tarbiyya. That is tazkiya. That is called zikrullah. That is what with also we call ragra. Yes. Raghra means scrubbing, (laughs) deep scrubbing. Sometimes I give friends this example. I was once teaching at a university, so once one of the office people came into my office, and said, we want to take your desk away for polishing. So I told them, the desk looks perfectly fine. They said, no, this is the time of the year, and everybody's desks are going to be removed for polishing. So, there's an inconvenience for us because we had so many things in the desk. So, Neman insisted. So, we took everything off of the desk, right? And then he took the desk out. And when I was walking home that night, I saw in the courtyard of our university, the desk of the Raghra Daghra. Yes? I love it. They were scraping the desk. You know what that tool, that fine tool, hmm? We were making a clean shave. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> They were scraping the desk, scraping the polish and veneer and exposing the raw wood underneath the desk. And then overnight, that wasn't in front of me, but they must have polished it. And when they brought it back to me, I accepted that yes, it was looking much, much better now. But then I thought to myself, Ya Allah, even to make this piece of wood look beautiful, you couldn't just polish it. You first had to scrape it. Only after it was scraped, then it could be polished. The same thing is going to happen to us. First you have to scrape out, scrub out all the impure feelings, and then you can apply the polish of deen. That's why many people don't realize, sometimes people engage in zikr, in nafil ibadah, but they don't leave their sin. If you don't leave the sin, then the zikr and the nafil ibadah is not going to have a lasting effect. It will have an initial effect, but it won't have a lasting effect after effect, because we're still engaged in sin. I'll give you an example. If you are standing in the garbage dump, surrounded by garbage, then you could pour a whole bottle of itar on yourself, you won't become fragrant. If you walk out of the garbage dump, and you're in a clean, pristine place, then you just need one or two drops of itar, and you will become fragrant. That's what the asal is leaving sin. Allah said in Quran, that you must leave the zahir of sin. You must leave the outer form of sin. You must leave the outward sin. It means you must stop doing sin. And you must stop wanting sin. Another mistake we make. We do, we don't do sin, but we want to do it. Yes. This is the state of the Muslim today. Maybe he doesn't do it. Maybe she doesn't do it. But they want to do it. What does it mean? They have thoughts of sin. They have desires of sin. They have feelings of sin. That's not that. You have to leave it also. You have to leave it. Let's I give you another example. Let's say I told you that I've never ever killed anyone. I've never ever killed anyone. Alhamdulillah. It's true. <laughs> I've never killed anyone. Right? And let's say I told you, but every single day I desire to kill someone. Every night I desire to kill someone. On the internet I surf websites where I watch acts of killing people. What would you say? You would say I'm sick. You would say you're a psychopath. I said no, no, I've never done it. I don't do that act. You say Does it doesn't matter that you don't do it. The fact that you think about it, the fact that you desire it, the fact that you want it, the fact that it's in your mind, the fact that it's in your heart, that's a problem. Understand? Now just replace the sin of qatam with the sin of lust, then you will understand what I'm saying. Badaruzahirul <laughs> Ismira Batina. Allah said <laughs> in Qur'an, leave all of the sins that you do, leave the sins that you do outwardly, leave the sins that you do inwardly, stop doing sin and stop wanting sin. This is what the Deen wants of us. Can't want it, you know you have to want it. How could you want what Allah ta'ala doesn't want for you? Does it befit a mu'min that they should want what Allah ta'ala doesn't want from them? Would you accept it from your wife? If she tells her husband that I've never ever been disloyal to you, but I want to be disloyal to you. Hmm? If she said it even once, even if she said once I wanted it, you would. Right? If that's what we expect from other people, huh? And how much do we think Allah spawned should expect from us? That Allah spawned who is our Malik, who is Khalif, hmm? who is Al-Jabbar, Al-Mutakabir, Zul-Jalal, Al-Qahar, Al-Aziz, Al-Akbar, azim al Al-A'la. Oh, you be that? Do you think that in front of certain Allah spawned, we can have whatever feelings, and desires, and wishes, and thoughts that we want. You must you? You made it like a joke, you take it lightly. That's hmm? viewed as bad. Don't take your education lightly. Don't take your boss lightly. Right? Don't take your parents lightly. We are the people who are committing an even more significant thing. We are taking Allah down lightly. We're taking deen lightly. We're taking Sayyidina Rasulullah lightly. Somebody says they're lazy, somebody says they're busy. Lazy and busy? That's what we come up with. You want to say that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day of judgment of Allah was lazy. I was too busy. <laughs> too busy for you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Hasith. How could anyone think like that? How could anyone think like that? So tazkiyah and tarbiyah. Purification of the heart. I'll give you a few feelings very quickly that we need to purify ourselves of. Huh? can I do everything tonight. I'll give you a few feelings. Number one, unlawful desire. You must make it your mission. You must make it your intention. You must actively, consciously, daily work on this. That Allah subhanahu wa I want all unlawful desire taken out of my heart. I don't want it. When you read a stigfar, you should target your stigfar like that. Allah ta'ala, I ask your forgiveness, not just for the sinful acts that I did. I ask your forgiveness for the sinful feelings that are in my heart. Because the feelings are the things that lead to the actions. Istighfar of Nisiniyah prepared na praktaj. Allah You recite istighfar on the feelings that you have in your heart. Then you should make istighfar. Allah ta'ala ask your forgiveness for whatever sins I have done due to which you did not want to see my face in fajr. You should never think, why I don't get up for fajr. No, no. You should think that what is it about me that Allah's Taala does not wish to see my face in fajr. That's how you should. You should make a stigfar for those sins. Make a stigfar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I ask you forgiveness for those sins due to which you have caused people around me to be disobedient to me. You've caused so-and-so to be an enemy to me. Ask your forgiveness for whatever sins I did due to which you are displeased with me. You are unhappy with me. That I have lost the protection of your Islam. I have lost your mother, your sister. That's how you should make a stigfar. Number one feeling we have to purify ourselves from is the unlawfulness. Unlawful desire. The way to help us in that is called zikrullah. By doing the zikr of Allah subhanahu I'll give you a very simple equation. The more you desire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the less you will desire the dunya. The more you desire to see the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the akhirah, the less you will desire to see the beauties of this world. And it works the other way around. The less you desire Allah the more you will desire Amir Allah The less desire you have for the beauty of Allah the more desire you will have for the beauties of this world. That's your choice. It's our choice. What is it that's going to increase your desire for Allah? Zikrullah. The more and more you remember Allah
1: that's why Allah said in
0: Qur'an, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَرُوا أَذْكُرُوا kathira ذِكْرًا كَثِيرًا Allah, Allah commanded so many things in Qur'an, He only said كَثِير for zikr. Commanded sabr, didn't say كَثِير. Commanded shukr, didn't say كَثِير. Commanded ikhlas, didn't say كَثِير. When He commanded zikr, that you must remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said you must remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly, excessively, a lot, كَثِير. Why? Because Allah We're going to have otherwise A lot of desire for this world So we need to combat it With a lot of desire for Allah we need a lot of zikr of Allah That's why some people Who even try to make zikr When they do just a little bit Won't do you know? There's some things in life Where the quantity matters There's some things in life the quantity matters If there's water 50 feet below the ground And you dig 30 feet You won't get water you can dig 130 feet well You still won't get water Every day you can dig a 30 feet well You still won't get water Quantity matters Just like we pray every day We don't get the zikr in our salah Allah ta'ala Give us salah to the zikri That established the salah for my zikr Because we're not digging deep enough We're not trying hard enough We're not focusing hard enough We're not praying hard enough You give up you give up Okay, the first sinful feeling is desire. Second second sinful feeling is anger. A lot of people have unlawful anger in their heart. Unlawful anger. Let me tell you another thing. All anger is unlawful. Except one, and that is called ghayla. Ghaira means that anger that you have Which is to defend your honor To defend your life To defend your deen Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ said Ana aghiyro nas Wallahu aghiyro I have the most ghaira of humanity The most honor And most power to defend and establish that honor Wallahu aghiyro minni And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has even more ghaira than me Yani I mean, the Prophet وسلم. It's the only allowed anger. <laughs> Otherwise every other single type of anger is not allowed. These days people get angry over the smallest of things, the slightest of things. The irritable, hot tempered, easily provoked, easily instigated. No control over themselves. Allah Akbar in that anger and they do terrible things. Sometimes they physically abuse someone. They do terrible things. Sometimes they verbally abuse someone. They do terrible things. Sometimes they divorce someone. Yes, it's a big problem in your community. It's a very big problem in your community. Your, many British Muslim community. Probably your community also. Yes, it's a big problem. That man who divorces his wife in anger is a fool. He's made himself al mu'mineen in the law. Yes. Sayyidina Rasulullah, said about the law, that is mubahat, that is the most despicable of permissible things in the eyes of Allah ta'ala And barring those 10% cases, where I can accept that it's in the best interest of the husband and wife to separate, 10% it happens, they generally cannot get along. It's generally better for them after they made every attempt at salah and conciliation and tried everything. That's why Allah Ta'ala made the law permissible, right? To give a way out in those rare situations where being separated would actually be better. Even if it's probably less than 10% of the time. The other 90% time, the person is falling in the abghaz category. You know, abghaz, boghaz. Allah Ta'ala usab siz yada usmu' insi' bogus kakta. Fol- i just say Allah Ta'ala bogus kare. It's the camera. Allah Ta'ala detests that person. That's what it means in English. Detests, despises that person. Why? How did the person end up in this? Just because of their anger. And some people, they like to think that, no, no, I have justifiable anger. Justify anger. How do they justify it. Sometimes they say like, in order to say, Basti mire zara jalali tabiat hai. Hmm? Mare <laughs> jalali tabiat hai. Inna allahibah, inna allahibah, allahibah. Allah's fault on the sifat. He is Dhul wal ikram. You're trying to say that about yourself? That you're jalali? Inna lillahi wa inna ila karajim. Who are you to be jalali? <laughs> to whom? <ka? laughs> <laughs> hmm? <laughs> jalal means I have a majestic nature. I am hmm? an awesome being. <laughs> That's what the person is trying to say. Inna Allah <laughs> wa inna Never, never. There's no drop of jalal in any insan. Imam Abu has made this clear. There's certain sifat of Allah that we are supposed to have a share in, like rahmah, like karam. And the other Sibatam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, that we're not supposed to have one drop of, and that is like al Kamba Al Jalal, Not supposed to have it at all. Some people try another attempt. Then justifiable anger, what did they mean? That no, that person did wrong to me. I'm a victim of wrongdoing. Therefore, I should be justified in getting angry at that person. So Sayyidina Rasulullah in the whole history of humanity was the greatest victim of wrongdoing by the Kuffar of Makkah. What did he do in Fatah Makkah? What did he do? Did he take revenge? Did he take vengeance? Allah Akbar. When he came into Fatah Makkah, when he was riding he came to Hadith that he bent down on his camel. And what did he say? Alhamdulillah, wahda. Didn't say that I am the triumphant prof- prophet conqueror of Makkah. No. Alhamdulillahi wahda. All praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That one and only Allah. Nasara abda. Didn't even say Nasara Rasoolah. Come on, Nasara abda. Who helped his servant enslave. And destroyed the that Destroyed the factions. And the enemy forces. Oh. Then when he went into Makkah Karamah. The kufar of Makamu They they thought the Prophet would be like they were. <laughs> they'd come back, they would have killed, raped, pillaged, right? So they're all hiding in their homes. Nothing happened. Then again, nothing happened. Then they started wondering, where are those Muslim army? So they got together secretly. They were looking, then they sent some scouts. Scouts came back and said, the Sahaba and the Prophet were all doing tawaf. <laughs> They're all doing tuwa for al making dua to Allah subhanahu <laughs> They're not interested in revenge or making dua? At the end of that, and Sayyidina Rasulullah called the Sahaba and made an announcement. Hada yawmul al That this day is the day of mercy, the day of amnesty, the day of forgiveness for all the unbelievers. So what is the sunnah of our Nabi? He's our Nabi. His sunnah is supposed to be our character. What is that sunnah? There's no such thing as justifiable anger. It's in Qur'an. the Qur'an. That they swallow their anger. Waafina anin nas. The ayah is proving. Aful forgive, which does it mean it means you're a victim of wrongdoing. <laughs> so the person is a victim of wrongdoing and they don't let themselves get angry. They swallow, they're angry, and they forgive. Anul al no, anas they will forgive all of humanity. So Quran and Sunnah teach that there's no such thing as justifiable anger. No anger. So first feeling to purify is lust. Second feeling to purify is anger. Third feeling to purify is greed. Love for this world. But I want more and more and more than him. But that's a whole separate topic. But you have to purify <coughs> yourself. With this. And the only way to do that is that when you want more and more and more Allah SWT. But the more and more love for Him. More and more obedience to Him. Then you will be content with less than Him. Fourth negative feeling is hasad. Envy. Jealousy. And always remember that hasad is this shaitanic sin. Shaitan has two favorite things he likes to do to believers. Number one, he likes that the believers should do the same sin that he did. Yes. This is his favorite thing. Where was the sin he did? He had hasad for saying, Alam, ana minu. I'm better than him. He's jealous. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are you telling angels to do sazdah to him? <coughs> if anything, they should be doing sazdah to me. So shaitan loves it if he can paint you in the same color of him own self. Because he has enmity for Allah subhanahu And second thing about shaitan. So this is the thing he loves. He loves if you do the sin that he did. He <coughs> hates one thing. He can't stand one thing. Alhamdulillah. What is that? He can't stand it when you do the one thing he couldn't do. And that is Toma. Otherwise he did every single it. After he disobeyed Allah There was one thing he just could not bring himself to do He couldn't make istighfar and tawbah That's why all of his effort is that when a Muslim sins The Muslims shouldn't do tawbah He'll put negative thoughts in their mind, right? He'll make them think that you're a sinner, you're useless, it's over for you That's what Allah Taala said in Qur'an La تقنطوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب Shaitan would try to make us despair. Shaitan would try to make us despondent. Shaitan would try to make us sad. So what did Allah سبحانه say in Quran? Allah سبحانه said, will say to them, My beloved messenger, to which people, which people. Maybe I'll end on this ayah tonight because both both him. But I'll end on this tonight. Hmm? Who are the people that are mentioned in this island? Because many times Muslims, especially in the West, know they wonder, say, well, what's, where is the person Quran for me? I know there's a lot in Islam for muttaqin and Salihin and Siddiqin, but I'm a struggling Muslim. Hmm? I'm a sinning Muslim. Hmm? So what would that be called in the language of Quran? That would be called al Asrafu al what does it mean in Quran? In those people who wrong their own selves, those people who are unjust to their own selves, means those people who sinned. The sinners. So this is that ayah in Quran that is for the sinning believers. So if you want to know what does Allah subhanahu say for me and for you, this is an ayah you should think. So what does Allah Ta'ala say to Allah Dina As-Shafu? Allah He says to them, Don't you ever despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter how much you sin. No matter how long you sinned, no matter how much you repeated that sin, no matter how publicly you sinned, no matter how shamelessly you sinned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that you were intending to sin, that He saw you walking towards that sin, that He saw you doing that sin, that He saw you lingering in that sin, that He saw you walk away in that sin, but even then that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was so alim, ta'ana alim al-halima, this is the nisbat between ilm and hilm, even Allah ta'ala knows every single thing about your sin He is still haleem He still holds back his punishment He is still waiting for <laughs> you to turn in tawbah to him He is waiting for <laughs> his runaway slaves To turn back to him So he says <laughs> That my servant That when you're obedient to me My fazl comes on you When you're disobedient to me My rahmat is just waiting to shower you Allah SWT is just waiting That we have one glance towards him One dua towards him One istighfar towards him then he wants his mercy to come down. And how did he begin the ayah? What was the way he addressed? He said, Ya ibadi, क्या अभी भी मेरे बंदे हो? जितने भी आप गुनाह करते हैं, आप मेरे गुनावी से नहीं निकल सकते. आप मेरे रहमत से मायूस नहीं होना. Ya ibadi al ladhi <laughs> na astafu ala antushehma. Allah Taala says in Quran that Oh my servant, you are still mine. You are mine No matter how much you sin You are mine No matter how much you disobey You are still mine As long as you have a drop of iman in your heart You will always be mine And my mercy will always be yours All you have to do is turn to me This is our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is our deen This is our Kareem. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran Ya al-insān, Ma Rabbi birabbikab kareem all oh humanity would has deceived you, but such a kind and loving Rabb, such a loving Lord, that His mercy is always there for you. So on this night, we should make near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we want to make true tawmah for all of our sins, that we want to leave all of our sins, that we want to change our life in the future, that we want to live our life only and only for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ittiba following the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah we want to purify our heart, we want to fill our mind with the knowledge of deen, want to fill our heart with the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah accept this need from us. May Allah accept our hearts on this night. May accept our tawbah on this night. Wa akhir dawana And alhamdulillah, <laughs> Subhananam, Ya You are most kind and loving Rabb, You are most forgiving and generous Rabb Ya Allah, we have wronged ourselves, we allowed ourselves to become distant from You, we missed our prayers we miscast our gaze. We've misused our tongue. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your rahmat and mercy upon us. You send your maghfirah and forgiveness upon us. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your hidayah into our hearts once again. Ya Allah, give us a second chance, ya Rabbi Kareem. Accept us again amongst your ibadis salihin. Ya Rabbi Kareem, there is nothing in this world that we want except for your pleasure. Ya Allah, become pleased with us, ya Allah. Change us in such a way that you will become pleased with us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for the sins that we remember. Forgive us for the sins that we've even forgotten that we did them. Forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for the sins that we did publicly. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the night. Forgive us for the sins that we did to others. Forgive us for the sins that we did to ourselves. a Karim, forgive us for the sins that we hid from others. Forgive us from the sins that we thought we could hide from You. we are to you in a state of Tawbah on this night. We have nothing to present to you, but Ya Allah, we are turning to your mercy, Ya Allah, your Qaram, Ya Allah, your Fadal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, Allah Ya Allah, we recited our Imam once again on this night. Ya we ask again that you take us out from the darkness of sin. Bring us into the nude of taqwa, into the nude of sunnah, into the nude of Ita'ah, into the the of ibadah, into the noor of dhikr. Ya yeah. Allah, make us regular in our prayers. Yeah. We never want to miss a prayer again, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, yeah. make a salatu min the feeling of our heart. Make it the reality of our life. Ya Allah, let's make every single fajr, every single dhuhr, every single asr, every single maghrib, every single isha and wither, Ya yeah. Allah, Ya Rabbi Ya yeah. Allah, we ask that you forgive us for whatever sins that we did in our life, yeah. due to which we we are missing these prayers. We ask that you forgive us for whatever sins that we did in our life, due to which we are unable to feel you in our prayers. We ask that you forgive us for whatever sins that we did in our life, due to which we are unable to feel you in Quran, feel you in our dua. Ya Bikarim, we ask that you come back into our heart, purify our heart from all of the unlawful love, all of the unlawful lust, all of the unlawful thoughts. And Ya Kareem, fill our mind with knowledge and thoughts of you, fill our heart with love and feelings for you increase this in our love for you and our love for Qur'an and our love for Dina islam and our love for Nabi alayhis-salam and our love for his sunnah Ya let us in our lifetime do amal on each and every ayah of Qur'an each and every sunnah let us in our lifetime feel every ayah of Qur'an and feel every feeling from the sunnah Ya Ya कमान फरमा मेरे बादशाह कमान फरमा तेरे बेकरीम ये लोग आए हैं आपको राजी करने के लिए आपको पाने के लिए आपको मनवाने के लिए आपने तौहीद से खुद में फरमाया अना इन्दा ज़न कि मैं तो अपने बंदों को उनके गुमान के मुताबिक राय अख्तियार करूंगा ऐ बेकरीम अगर हम अपने बारे में बग गुमान हैं आपके बारे में तफसिल ज़न करते हैं तो तो जो अरहमन امین तो تو وہ ذات ہیں جو الحلیم المنام ہے ربی کریم ہمارا گناہ کو معاف فرما دیجئے ہمیں بھی اپنے مقبول بندے بندیوں میں شامل हमें دیجئے ہمیں بھی اپنی دین کے لئے قبول کر دیجئے ربی کریم ہم بڑے دور سے آئے ہیں بڑے دیر سے آئے ہیں बिक्रम जब तेरी नजर पड़ते हैं तो लोगों की जिंदगी बदलती है उमर अपने घर से निकला कातने नबी बनने के लिए वो घर से वापस आया साहब नबी बनकर यदि बिक्रीम वही नजर जो आपने कौन दिल पर डाला यदि बिक्रम जब हम भी घर से निकले गुनाह करने के लिए नौजवान घर से निकले गुनाह करने के लिए वही नजर उनके दिल पर डाल दीजिए यदि हम भी अपने ईमान का तोडने कीयत करते हैं अपने حیاء کو قتل کر چکے ہیں یا ربی کریم کرم کا Farma, فرما دیجئے ایک نظر شب کے تنائر فرما تمام حاضرین مرجس کو ایک نظر محمد عطا हम یا ربی کریم ہم آپ کو ربنا ربنا پکارتے ہیں یا رب اللہ ایک دفعہ تو بھی عبدی عبدی کہہ دیجئے تو بھی آپ کو دینا آتا ہے ہمیں آپ سے محبت کرنا نے آتا تجھے محبت کرنا آتا ہے ہمیں اپنے محبوبین میں سے بنا دیجئے مقبودین میں سے بنا دیجئے یارے بکریم ہم سب کو تقویٰ کی دولت عطا فرما تقویٰ کی نعمل نصیب فرما ہم کب تک یہ لفظ پڑھتے ہیں گے تقویٰ सूत्रम समान बना दीजिए यदि बिकनी इस मस्जिद को दीन के लिए कुब फरमा इसको मीनारें नूर बना इसको कुरान सुन्नत शरीयत का केंद्र बना इसको हमेशा मुस्लिमिन मुतकइन उस दीन मुखिसिन उस दीन कादतीन उस फरमा यदि बिकनी इस मस्जिद को मुतकइन का कारखाना बना का कारखाना خطیب حضرات المنتظمین دلوں میں آپ में میں محمد عطا فرما سب کو ایک نیک من کے رہنے کی تفیق عطا فرما بے کریم ہماری ایمان کی حفاظت فرما اولاد کی ایمان کی حفاظت فرما قیامت تک تمام آنے والے نسلوں کی ایمان کی حفاظت فرما بے کریم ہم رہ رہے ہیں فساد کے زمانے میں رہ رہے ہیں کی حق کو غالب فرما अपने हिदायत को आम दाम फरमा दीजिए पूरी उम्मत को अपने हिदायत नसीब कर दीजिए पूरी उम्मत को अपने वलायत के नेकभूत कर दीजिए या रब जो भी मांग आए वो भी नसीब फरमा जो मांगना चाहिए था ना मांग सके वो भी عطا फरमा जो भी परेशान हाल है उसको परेशानी फरमा दिल जानते सामने فرما دیجئے جو بھی جس گناہ سے توبہ کر رہا ہے یعنی بکریم قبول کر لیجئے آج نوجوان میں آئے ہیں گرم خون میں آئے ہیں اپنے شہود سے توبہ کر رہے ہیں یعنی بکریم سینہ یوسف علیہ السلام کی پیچھے ایک زلیخہ تھی آج ہم کی پیچھے ایک سو زلیخہ چکے ہیں یعنی بکریم ہماری ایمان محفوظ فرما دیجئے تمام مردوں کو یوسف علیہ السلام سب کو سیدتنا مریم رضی اللہ تعالیٰ والے آیا نسیب فرما ایرے بکریم جو بیمار ان کو صحت اتا فرما جو رسک کی وجہ سے پریشان ہے ان کو رسک کی حلال تیم اتا فرما ایرے بکریم جو ہم سے صحت مند ہیں رسک والے ہیں جو صرف اپنے سستی غفت کی وجہ سے شکار ہیں اس سستی کو دور فرما. اس کو دور فرما. دین میں ہمت دین میں قوت دین پر استقامت یا ربی کریم امت مسلمہ کے جہاں بھی متاثرین ہیں اپنے خصوصی رحمت ان پر نازل فرما ہم نے تو اپنے برس پر سنا کہ تو 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 دنوں کو تسلیم والے ہیں کریم ان کو دل کو سکون عطا فرما اور ہم سب کو ان کی وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم <تصفيق> الراحمين <تصفيق>